the only way you're ever going to get to the other side of this journey is you have got to suffer to grow. To grow, you must suffer. Some people will get it, some people won't. Get your ass kicked. Do things you hate to do. Be uncomfortable every fucking day of your life. If you're willing to suffer, and I mean suffer, because at times of hell, even the hardest men, in times of suffering, what we do is we forget how hard we really are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, we proudly bring to you at a Studio 212 on the Soundcasting Network, this is Physical Culture Radio. I'm your super dope host with the most, Greg Jones, at Coach Greg Jones, Instagram and Facebook, along with my super dope host, Chris Edmonds, at C Edmonds, Instagram, lead mountain dog diet trainer. Chris, how we doing, man? I'm fucking fired up after hearing that YouTube clip, man. I just listened to it and I love it. <laughs> so our episode today, guys, this is um, a little bit of a motivational uh, podcast today and episode. So we're going to be covering uh, David Goggins quote. And tell me, um, you're kind of the guy that um, I'm kind of a big Tony Robbins uh, and Gary v, um, Gary V motivational fan. Um, tell me why uh, you were drawn to David Goggins. A little bit about um, the quote we're going to talk about today, and what is meant behind it. Who David Goggins is, and how you came about to to find this guy, Chris. Yeah. Um, first, let's start why I'm drawn to him. Okay. The dude speaks with so much passion, and you know, I've been fortunate enough in the, in the job that I work to have met tons of different types of people, you know, um, even though I love bodybuilding, I love football. Um, those, I would say that those are probably easily my two passions. Um, I love when someone talks about just listening to them, but what they love. And again, when you train as many people as I did, like, I love to hear, I hate small talks. So let's start there. Um, so I always like to dig in and be like, Hey, you know, what are you interested in? And, they would tell me, and then like you just see people's eyes light up when they get to speak about what they love. And when David Goggins speaks about his life and his journey of suffering and overcoming and becoming the man who he is today and who he hopes to be tomorrow and the day after, um, he just fucking attacks life. And yeah. you know his demeanor, his attitude is very similar to mine. You know he's not scared to curse. Um, he's not scared to be a social outcast. He doesn't really care what people think about him. Um, and that's why I like him. And, you know, I first discovered him through, um, I started hearing some like YouTube clips here and there of him. But when I first I listened to him and really got obsessed with it was when he was on his first time with Joe Rogan on his podcast. And he just went through his life and the struggles he had growing up and, you know, how he, you know, went to the military and from there, you know, became a crazy runner and athlete. And, you know, yeah. it's really cool to me because he's lost He's went from above 300 pounds to uh, 180s multiple times, multiple times in his life. Um, and he's, he, he's about mental toughness. And, and as you know, Greg, and everyone that's listening and who knows me personally um, as a client or as a friend, like that's the space that I thrive in. I'm, that's where I think um, you can, everyone can get better at. And no matter what their field or chosen sport is or endeavor, like if you have mental toughness, um, it's going to make you a better person at what you choose to do. And when, when we went over to today's topic, you know, I sent you a message and said, 
you know, I listened to that hundreds of times during my last contest prep. Yeah. Um, if, if ever one minute I think about going to sleep and not eating that final meal before bed, I'll just, it's on my saved phone, saved on my YouTube and I hit it and I listen to that in that first 20, 30 seconds and I'm in the fucking kitchen fired up. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's hard for me to go to sleep afterwards because I get so amped up and I'm just like that. The, the words that you guys just listened to, like, that's what I'm about. That's what I love. And, you know, I, I think it's really cliched now to say, you know, you got to suffer to win bodybuilding shows and everyone says it. Um, but the ones who truly love it, um, I get off on the fact knowing I'm willing to do shit that other people aren't. When I'm sitting on the couch and it feels like my stomach's going to eat itself after I just add my chicken and broccoli and a little bit of rice, and I know it's two and a half hours before I get to eat again, I know most people are going to go in there and sneak some peanut butter. They're going to go in there and eat something off the plan where when I'm suffering and hunger, hungry like that, I'm going to fucking endure it. Cause I know I'm getting better and leaner. Yeah. And that's what's going to set me apart from the motherfucker that goes and eats Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. Um, I just know it. I yeah. know on a leg press when I do 20, 20 instead of when I could have given up at 12 and it hurts so bad. I can barely see straight. I know that a lot of my competitors are going to do 12 and be okay with it. I'm going to do 20 or 25 and that's what's going to separate me. So I, and I, and I, and I thrive in that environment. Like I love being able to torture myself and look back on how hard I pushed and seeing ways the next week, the next day that I can do it even more aggressively. Um, is that healthy for my mental sanity? Probably not. <laughs> I don't take that in my personal life, like with relationships and things like that, but in the world of bodybuilding and the world of football, like that's where I thrive. So that's what it means to me. That's why I like David Goggins. How about you? You know, I, to be quite honest, I didn't follow this guy until you told me about him. And then I started kind of researching his stuff. And I'm just going to go into the quote right now um, and why it also resonates with me um, as, yeah. as much as it does with you and why. And I, and I think uh, the, the, the take home message uh, first and foremost, because that is, a lot of people may think there's a little bit of a negative connotation to pain and suffering and to absorbing pain and to being used to pain. And, but, but if you look at it on the other side of the coin, pain and, and being fearful and going through shit, um, is a lot of where the beginning multimillionaire billionaire people and, you know, people that are real successful and motivational speakers, they all started very humbly. They started in some, some of them like dirt cheap. You, Tony Robbins was, um, there's a story about him, uh, being broke as a joke. And I think he had $20 to his name and he was in some restaurant and some person came, some mom was there with a kid and, and the kid was hungry or something. And, and, um, Tony gave, like this $20 that he had, it was the only money he had. And he gave it to this person uh, just out of sheer gratitude that he had money and he wanted to help somebody. Um, and he was in a spot where he was not doing well. His family life wasn't good. And this guy, you know, has like 30 something companies now and um, he's worth 550 million dollars or a billion. I don't even know exactly how much he's, but the guy, obviously everybody knows who most of you know, who Tony Robbins is. Um, a lot of these people started 
you know, in pain and suffering and rose above and made themselves who they are by by just sheer fucking gratitude, being happy that they're alive. And so the quote goes by by Mr. Goggins, um, the only way you're going to get to the other side of the journey is you have to got to suffer to grow. To grow, you must suffer. Some people get it, some don't. Get your ass kicked. Do things you hate to do. Be uncomfortable every day of your life. If you're willing to suffer, I mean suffer. Even the hardest of men in times of suffering, forget how hard we really are. That's what suffering is. It's the truest test of life. I'd rather die than lose. You cannot leave the gym a loser. I choose this world to be a warrior. If I die, so be it. Everything you do, you can die. Be the hardest motherfucker on the planet. So I I think, you know, and uh, Goggins talks about um, running marathons or ultra marathons with, 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 with stress fractures and being messed up and digging through pain. And I, I think what they, I think what these motivational speakers mean, and I think what they're talking about is you don't always have to be in fucking pain, but to break through barriers to, to overcome your fears and to not give a fuck, some, sometimes you got to be able to, you, you have to be able to suffer and you have to break through the, you know, the paper thin mist of what you think fear is because fear is fucking imaginary. Fear, fear is something contrived from your brain that, that, that you make up, but that really isn't there. You don't have a fear. You create fear in your mind. And I think when you learn that pain is temporary um, and a lot of people go through pain, a lot of people suffer, and then what you overcome and what you learn and how, how you learn to overcome things is, is what, why that pain and suffering is so important. Not the pain and suffering itself. We're not glorifying pain and suffering. It's overcoming the obstacle and getting through the pain to triumph and to winning and to being successful and to running successful businesses. I, I don't think we're talking about pain just for the fucking sake of pain, right? No. No. And pain can be meta- metaphorical of in terms of hours right. logged, you know? Like, I'm sure there's multiple times in everyone's world where they know they could go home and rest, or if they did a couple more hours of work, it would set them up for a better day, better week, better year, better month the following day if you do that little extra. And to me, that's what it's talking about going, you know, there's always that theory of going the extra mile. And, you know, that's to me way overused because if everyone goes the extra mile, like they claim to, there would be a lot more successful people. The the extra mile in the words of Shelby Starnes is a very lonely place because few do it. And when a lot of people yeah. go there and they get there, they don't know how to maintain it because they get scared because they look around and they're like, oh shit, no one else is working this hard. I need to be like everyone else. And to me, you know, our bodies, our brains crave, crave comfort, right? They, they crave pleasure and they don't, it doesn't like delayed gratification. And, and to me, that's why hard work, that's why extra hours at, at, at your job extra hours in front of the computer, you know, more time in the gym it is beneficial because if you put the work in now, you'll get the benefit later. Yeah. And so few realize that. 
Um, I'm going to use the greatest example that was as close to home to me is um, I, I did not want to finish college. I didn't. I looked at my dad and I said, I want to work for you for the rest of my life. And he's like, cool, I, requ I require a four-year graduation, a four-year degree. And I said, fuck you. You have a ton of workers that barely graduated high school. And he's like, yeah, but, but for you, I require a four-year degree. Ah, good for him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, listen, it's only three more years. That's it. It's You only have three years left. All you have to do, and as a 19-year-old, three years sounds like an eternity. It isn't. Um, he's like, trust me, put in the work now, and you'll be glad you did later. And he was 100% right. Yeah. So I learned that lesson at a very young age. Um, yeah. Outside of the field of sports um where i knew if i was the first one to practice and the last one to leave i was going to play better on friday night um that that came very easy you didn't have to tell me that i needed to catch extra 100 balls i was gladly going to do that because i loved it it's my passion but things like going to school even though i was good at it i didn't necessarily like sitting in a classroom setting it was just boring i'd rather be out doing something physical so you know it's a lot of times it's doing those things that we don't like to do. I think if you guys listen back to that episode with Ryan Muncy, he talks about that a lot. Um, in yeah. that episode, we really cover that, that, that topic in a lot of detail is do the things you don't want to do, but you need to do, and you'll be glad you did them later. And, and to me, that's what suffering is. Suffering doesn't necessarily mean doing squats until you throw up or running till black sludge pours out of your dick. All it means is tapping into that spot in your brain when you're when it says quit, go home, stop, and say no. I own this. I own you. You, my weakness is not going to control my actions. Yeah. I'm going to control my actions. I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do to achieve the goals that I want. And and to me, like that's why a lot of people fail in nutrition um, because they want that instant gratification of that Hershey bar tasting good. Instead of eating the chicken and broccoli, that knows that's what they need. Um, I'm sure you experience that a lot with your general population people. Absolutely, and um, I, I I I ask people for absolute. Um, whenever I train somebody, and whenever I'm doing a diet, and I tell people, you know, the the discipline part, and to I said the only way this is going to work, the only way this is going to work for you and for me um, is complete honesty. And, um, I'm like, how's your diet been? Be completely honest. I don't, I don't, I don't care what you think. I think you should be eating. I want you to tell me what the fuck you're eating. And then, you know, for instance, it'll be a random, uh, uh, you know, middle-aged mom at my gym and they'll go, well, to be, uh, to be quite honest, um, uh, every night or most nights I, I eat a breakfast cereal and then go to bed and I, and I go, okay. Right. And I go, okay. And I said, well, if we're going to get to this next phase, cause I know you're working out hard, but if you want to make the difference in your body and your body and your, you know, late thirties, early forties, and, um, you're, you're working out four or five days a week and, and working hard. Um, you got to follow this diet plan. Like you have to give up the yep. breakfast cereal at night. You have to eat lean. Yep. You can have some carbs early. If that matter of fact, if you really want that breakfast cereal, you can have it after your workout. I'll build it into your program. I'll build it into your diet plan. That's fine. You can you can have the sugars at the right time, but not before you go to bed. And when you've worked out at th you know three p.m., um, you can't have it at ten o'clock at night and then go to bed. So. Um, I, 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 th I think, 
you, you know, you, you just, you, you, you tell people, you give them the straight, straight poop. And, um, if they can't handle it, you basically, you know, you tell them, look, if you have any fraction of self-discipline, the ability to not want to do it, but still to do it, if you can get through to doing the things that you hate to do on the other side of that is greatness. And on the other side of that is where your body gets in really good shape and where your business succeeds and where, you know, you do all the little things that you need to do that you may not want to do, but you know, you need to do because in, in, in my heart of hearts and in people, and when they really, when it really comes down to it, they know what they need to do. I know what I need to do. So I have to be, even in a recomp diet, I have to be a little fucking hungry pretty much all day. If I'm going to be creating a deficit and getting in better shape, I'm pretty much going to be hungry all the time. Um, not not ravenously hungry like I'm on 60 grams of carbs in the last six weeks before a show, but, you know, and not eating whatever I want to fucking eat and eating that nightly breakfast cereal or, you know, whatever that person eats or you eat to satisfy yourself and then, you know, not being able to take it to the next level. You got to get through that. That's that, Those are the little things. I think going through a lot of this other stuff, being a championship athlete, being a championship bodybuilder, being a championship anything – uh, I don't even care. G- genetics aside, uh, you you got to put in you got to put in the work, and you got to. It's gonna hurt a little bit, you know. You know, here's what here's what I stress to a lot of my athletes and clients. Like, I I, I really stress being humble, right? Um, and I, what I mean by that is outwardly humble to your competition, outwardly humble to the world of social media, um, because to me, that's I, I hate like cocky, arrogant pricks that talk about how great they are online. Yeah. I cannot stand that. Yeah. Um, but my self-talk in my brain when I'm going through a hard workout, when I'm doing cardio, when I'm hungry as hell, my self-talk is the last line of that quote, which is I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Like you have to have that chip on your shoulder. Um, and I've had that since I was an athlete. I've, carry that into the bodybuilding world if you train with me my goal is to fucking destroy you i don't care for friends for that for that 90 minutes i'm trying to embarrass you yeah um because that's what i want that's what i need that that's where i personally crave and i'll tell you guys a cool story when i was a senior in high school um we had a bunch of kids show up late to practice one day and our coaches were just being pricks and decided to punish the whole team so we were running gassers and they were like, we're going to make, we're going to, we're going to blow this whistle until everyone either throws up, can't move anymore or uh, passes out. And I, I'll never forget in my brain. I said, those motherfuckers are going to get tired of blowing that whistle and get too hot before I stop running. And everyone was dropping like flies around me. I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to, I'm going to keep running until they literally get tired of blowing the whistle just for me. And by the end, everyone had quit and I'm still running. And they were like trying to get my ass. You going to quit, Chris? You going to quit? You ain't done. You got more in you. And I said, you're damn right. I got more in me. Keep blowing that whistle. And eventually they stopped because I was slowing practice down. (laughs) That that mindset (laughs) has to be ingrained in you. You have to have that little bit of what I jokingly call like, you know, an animal. 
Like, you don't panic. When you see fear, you run face first into that motherfucker and you conquer it. Yeah. And, like, you have to... Some people say, you know, it's having some dog in you. Like, we all see it. Like, you know, you and I have been around football our whole life. You know those guys like Ray Lewis who are just hard workers, may not be the best athlete, but they are going to go until their body fails. Um, and like that's kind of why I like Goggins. That's why I've always been drawn to really hardworking bodybuilders. Yeah. Maybe not best the best genetically gifted, even though those guys are pretty to look at. The ones I'm drawn to and want to be like and listen to them speak are the ones that's really had to work really, really hard. Yeah. Hard to master their craft. So, yeah. Right. I got it. You know, that that That's, that reminds me of um, a post that John Meadows had about uh, Tom Platts. And he posted about the 1980 Mr. Olympia and his posing. And, and it got me to thinking about how hard that guy worked, because this is a guy that had very subpar upper body up upper body genetics, always had great genetic legs um, but look so fucking awesome and pose so confidently and you could tell all the hard work and pain and suffering that guy put into that show and how hard he worked came out and how confident he was that smile on his face and brushing his hair back he, he looked like Rick fucking flair he had the yep. he had the you know the platinum fucking blonde long hair going on. Um, and, and this was, that was that Mr. Olympia was one of the most controversial, uh, Mr. Olympia's when Arnold came back after a five year hiatus and he'd been in the movies and shot Conan, the barbarian, all that stuff. And he came back in 1980, won the Mr. Olympia. A lot of people felt that several people beat him in that Olympia, but it was, they felt politics played a part in it and him winning, his seventh Sandow trophy. And a lot of people felt um, that Mike Menser or Tom Platts uh, and other people should have won other than Arnold's. Um, but I, 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 I just remember, and, and I think about all the uh, it, guys, if you want to look at pain and suffering, how is it, how it applies to working out, uh, go to the golden Eagles, Instagram, um, Tom Platts, <laughs> And look at the way this guy trains and trains people and how he destroys people and how he gets them to push through. And these are big Jack bodybuilders like Sergio Oliva Jr. And other top guys and pros go to him and he breaks these breaks these guys down and and makes them look like little girls. And uh, because he's just so fucking tenacious in his approach. And I don't care if it's business. I don't care if it's athletics. You know, you you want to talk about, you know, we, we had mentioned Tiger Woods before. Uh, Michael Jordan, I can't remember what playoffs it was or if it was the finals, but he had like 102 temperature. He had a flu. He was sick as fuck. And he played and fucking went for like 50 or 60 points. And they won the game and he collapsed. He was dehydrated. He suffered the whole fucking game, but he was just so tenacious, wanted to win so bad that he didn't even let the flu. A lot of people wouldn't have even played. And if they played, they wouldn't have played it at the level that he played at as sick as he was. And um, it's, it's, you know, it just goes to show uh, the difference that people have in them when they just refuse to quit. 
Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, man. My my best protege I'd ever trained, um, as far as bodybuilding goes, um, it was a young kid, and he he worked under me as a wrestler. His name's Trey. He worked under me as a wrestler, and then he transitioned into bodybuilding after he graduated from high school. And the first prep I went through when he had transitioned into a bodybuilder, I told him, I said, look. If you want to see what this world is all about, I want you to train with me every day that you can. I want you to do cardio. Watch me on the cardio. I want. I need you to know what my diet's like because I want you to know what it's like to experience everything firsthand so you know what to expect. Because that's the hardest part, in my opinion, for jumping into the physique realm yeah. is you don't know what to expect your first show. You just don't. You don't know what to expect to feel like. You know, you can hear horror stories, but unless you feel it, you don't know it. So I wanted him to see that. So the first time he chose to compete, he kind of knew what to expect. And he watched the entire prep and he got to witness what it was like on a day-to-day basis. Because listen, a lot of people just post the highlights on their social media, yeah. how great they feel. They're on their cardio and they're like, oh, earning the sunrise, kicking ass. You know, they don't see when when you're on four low carb days in a row. And you finish a workout, and it's all you have the energy to go in your back to, to the locker room. You look and, and you look like dog shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. You d- <laughs> no one knows that. Yeah. Right? So I wanted him to experience that. I didn't want him to just see the highlights of me going through a bodybuilding prep and hear the glory story. I wanted him to see the nitty gritty, like on a day to day basis, what it was like, and to see you know days that I felt great versus days that I felt okay versus days that I felt like death. And he got to experience that. And I'll tell you what, man. That was one of the coolest lessons for him ever in the why he's transitioning into being, which I know he'll eventually be a professional bodybuilder, just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, but he got to experience that. And, you know, if any of you guys out there have clients, I would encourage you to do that if you can or have the opportunity with a client because they need to see what it's like. They need to see you go through it. And to me, it's always some reassurance in the client's mind that, Listen, the guy who's coaching me has been there before. He's been there with hundreds of clients. It's going to help reassure them that, you know, I just don't talk a big game and talk about suffering, but I'm willing to jump in the trenches with you and show you and lead you by example. I'm not a big believer in leading from the back. I lead from the fucking front. And it's because that's how I believe it. You know, you lead by example, not by what comes out of my mouth, but by my actions. Because a lot of people talk a big game. Um, until you get into that death set of Bulgarian split squats and then you see people tap out. Yeah. Let me go into this. Um, Let me go into this other little quote of David Goggins and then I'm going to ask you a question behind it. So David Goggins says, as human beings, we, we run away from pain and suffering. This mechanism is ingrained in our brains. If we become conscious of this pattern and deliberately do things that we fear, we will embark on a path of lasting greatness. So let me ask you this. How many people, what percentage of people do you feel can tap into this, 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 um, being able to push beyond that running away from pain? What is the percentage of people that can actually do that? And be be, less than 20%, less than 20. I I think it's less than that. I think it's like 10%. I was being generous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I think 90% (laughs) of the people when pain comes up, um, will run away from it. And not go through it and not, and, and I, I think that's pain in business. I think that's fear of taking risks. Um, I, I think it, it, it transcends just, uh, just, you know, running an ultra marathon or going through a really hard leg day or, 
you know, practicing your ass so off. Let me, and, let me, go ahead. Let me change my answer. So he, if I want to really break it down and get crazy with it. Yeah. I think initially 25%, 20 to 20, 20% of people can go through that once. I think each time you repeat that, that number goes down. Right. Um, and a great example, I'll give people that of, you know, my old training partner and I would occasionally have guys that want to join us and they might be able to take one session. They might be able to take three sessions, but then they're like, holy fuck, y'all train like this every week. And we're like, yeah. And they can't take it week after week. They may be able to take a singular session, three sessions, you know, back to back days, but then they need an off day or they, you're like, oh man, I need to really back off the intensity. Like, so to answer that, I think a lot of people can face their fears in the short term, but not over and over and over again of what it takes to require to be great. Right. Um, and that's because, like I said before, we're ingrained to seek pleasure and run from fear and pain. And to me, the greatest way to conquer a fear is by doing because you gain confidence the more you do something, right? Yeah. Like, it was scary as hell the first time and then fill in the blank. It could be go skydiving. It could be... Uh, the first time you had a child, it could be, um, I don't know, the first time you got married or the first time you had a serious girlfriend or, you know, the first time you played competitive. How about leaving the corporate you know, world the and starting people. your own business? That's fucking scary as fuck. <laughs> yeah, you were exactly right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could be, I'm, I'm going to go really crazy and give a hard example. What, what The people who, you know, come out and say they're homosexual to their parents. I can only imagine how difficult that is. Oh God! But it's such a relief once they do it, and then once they tell their parents, and they can tell their friends, then they can tell their grandparents, and they can tell you know the person that they're into. Like that's an extreme example, but you know, fear is like you said, imaginary. It's just a thin little layer right. of of self perceived panic. And if you can learn to get over that, right, and you can learn to thrive in that environment. That's what makes that's people achieve. There, there's that. where the growth is at. That, that's exactly where the growth yep. is at. And in any way, in any walk of life, in any sh- uh, way, shape, or form, that's 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 how you succeed, guys. Yep. yep. So, the take home today, guys, um, is you know, pain is pain is temporary. Uh, you have to, you know, to be successful in a lot of different things in your life, business. Um, not, no, I'm not, not saying relationships need to be painful, right? There are some exceptions to this. <laughs> Painful's relationships shouldn't be painful. Although I've made a few painful in my life, so <laughs> there's, a, I've gone through some suffering but, in my hey, day. <laughs> let's, let's 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 talk about this for a second, though, man. Yeah. Like, in my opinion. That's why people get divorces and break up really quick, right? Yeah. Because when they face a little adversity, they Shit get gets hard. Up, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and d- listen, when we had Daxon, it was super hard on our marriage because we were both tired. We were both not getting a lot of consistent sleep and like REM sleep. He was crying all the time, changing diapers. Like we had forgotten about all that. Yeah. Stuff, right? We had completely blanked that out of our mind. That was hard. Lots of people could have taken that strife and like just bitten each other's head off. Like, listen, relationships are not easy. Don't run from your problems. Face them head on. Have a good conversation with people. But again, that's hard. That's difficult to look your spouse in the eye and say, Angela, I need a 30-minute nap or I'm going to be go fucking off on someone and put put my hands to the wall. Like, But most people are scared to have that conversation. I need 30 minutes to go get a workout in. I need to get a meal. Like, 
be honest. Don't just bury those feelings and run from those conversations. If someone's doing, if your partner's doing something that's pissing you off, tell them and try to fix it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, that's an example to me. Again, that's just taking something that's uncomfortable. Some people view that as you know very awkward. But listen, the more we are open and honest with each other as humans, the easier life is in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. You know, he always says, he you know he always says if you listen to any of his David's um, any of his Instagram posts, he always finishes every video with "Stay hard." And, you know, that's something I think you'll, you probably see on a day-to-day basis as your clients age, they continue to allow themselves to be more doughy, to, you know, be less active, to slip on their diet more because like, oh, I'm just getting old. Um, that's part of the aging process. Fuck you. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just because you age doesn't mean you have to back off the gas pedal on life. It just means you need to reevaluate and maybe your goals change. Um, I'm, we're not always going to be able to be competitive bodybuilders and, you know, push our weight to 250, 260, try to be freaky lean condition. But that doesn't mean we can't push and strive to be great in our businesses with training, in our gyms, um, you know, being a better uh, father. Just because we age doesn't mean we can't continue to strive to be great. Um, because that, that to me is what life is about. Yeah. Is, you know, stay hard. No matter what you're going after, attack it 100 miles an hour. Eventually, I'm going to pick up golf clubs again, and I would love to say I'll be able to be a scratch golfer again when I'm in my 60s. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, bring down the bulk a little bit. Yeah, and you'll have a little easier swing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Exactly right. (laughs) Cool. Any final thoughts? Stay hard, man. Okay. Okay. You've heard it. For Chris Edmonds, I'm Greg Jones. Peace.